Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. There's that 10% discount. Don't forget about that. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball if you need legal services. It's Dan Michael and Moscow with you on show 251. Quick reminder about TSB Plus, which is our all-in subscription package. You get the full digital access to the mag, all the podcasts, ad-free, priority access to the match ball on the live stream after the games, discounts on merch, loads of stuff. The squareball.net forward slash plus. Have a look at that. It's going to be a slightly shorter show this week because we don't have a match preview section heading into the international break. Uh, however, we've got Leeds United news, some actual news. Special Lee Johnson edition, isn't it? Yeah, well, I was going to say, um, when we've got very little Leeds United news, we end up doing silly voices to make up for the lack of stuff to talk about. There'll be none of that today at all. Let's talk about the uh, the San Francisco mm. 49ers enterprises, presumably. Serious businesses. Yes, and let's get down to the, the finances. Um, 7% more of Leeds they own takes them up to 44%, so they're nudging closer to the Magic 51, which will be a controlling share in Leeds United. Do you you have strong feelings? It's kind of a played out joke, but they've got to do 49, even if it's just for like a week. Just get there and then do the 51. Don't go straight from 44 to 51. Just They seem like the kind of characters. I mean, that Pete Lowey, who is part of the 49ers Enterprises Investment Group, he is a comedian. He likes to be known as a comedian. He won't be able to resist that little bit so do it ballpark estimates then what maybe 30 million has gone into the club for this depending on how you um, stack up the valuation of it which will obviously keep things ticking over for a bit I mean in the Premier League wealth and wages league it's not going to um, it's not going to break the bank is it I don't think we're going to go out and spend a billion pounds in January I mean you're buying 7% of Rafinha now as well which is you know that's worth a lot Rafinha is now genuinely worth more than the whole club was not very long ago which is Slightly odd to think, but um, he's done all right out of it as old Rodgers are, hasn't he? Selling off these little bits, he's got his money back. He's yeah. got a Premier League club. He's got Calvin Phillips and Rafinha. It's all gone pretty well. He was saying at the Web Summit last week that he put £100 million in at the start to buy the club outright from Chilino. And uh, I can never remember if that kind of includes the Elland Road I think cost as well. He kind of throws it, it all together into like, I put £100 million. So it was about 30, 30 to 40, wasn't it, for the shares? So mm. um, then you've got the ground on top of that. And, and then he said, uh, it's now worth four times that. So £400 million, which yeah. if you can quadruple £100 million, seems like a pretty good uh, way to go about doing your business. Money, how's your, how's money your, makes um, money, doesn't it? Yeah. How's your Roma investment in socios I, coming along? I enjoy, making millions? I'd kind of forgotten about socios until they popped up on the digital advertising boards at Ellen Road at the weekend. Went, oh yeah, we've, we've got that still, haven't we? Well, That's the thing. That's gone quiet. When was the last activity on the Leeds channel? I actually can't currently log in because uh, <laughs> oh. um, they need to... I changed my phone. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's going, going well. Honestly, if anybody's... Uh, any police are watching, it's still the same phone. Yeah, for some reason they want me to want my phone number, so I've not been able to get in for a while. They did actually, and this is interesting, I keep meaning to check, and I might do it live on the old uh, Twitter, um, Twitter, <laughs> Leeds United's Twitter, <laughs> whether they mentioned the full FTO launch, because they have now launched the token to the public. Mm. But it seemed to happen with... The Leeds one? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is available. Uh, with the absolute barest of um, publicity especially compared to how it started. So I can see socios have done a gif of Rodrigo doing this. They've tweeted that. What, for the audio ber- um, version, what was oh, that? Oh, waving his uh, arms in the air very cutely, which he does sometimes, and they're congratulating us. But I can't see anything about the actual 
proper big launch of the token. It seemed to just happen, and Leeds went. <clears throat> yeah, they're doing. It's almost like they were happy to take that couple of million quid mm. and just quietly brush it all <laughs> under the carpet. Can can we not do anything else now? You, I've just been on the app. You can win a VIP um, experience for the Crystal Palace game. Mm-hmm. Is that in Ken's box? Remember that? Is that still going? Is that it, a thing? Ken's box is now, it became part of the, is it the Legends Lounge? Because they it? opened it all up into that middle section. Ah, right. So Ken used to, he wanted, obviously he didn't want to be in with other people. Mm-hmm. Did he mix in with the public and stuff? So, But I think they've, they've now opened that up. So Ken's box is gone. But then I think he had his Yorkshire radio, Radio Yorkshire one. That was the second box, not the chairman's box. That was a bit further along towards the the cop. Keep them away from me. So he may have been, that was the one I'd been in. From what I can tell, Leeds have tweeted the initial announcement in August on August the 5th. Then when the tokens went live for season ticket holders and members, you could go and claim your free one on September the 1st. But you can't sell. Can yeah. And then the... Um, the first poll to name a training pitch on September third. I think that seems to be the last time they've tweeted. So they've not tweeted to promote the public sale, which is interesting mm. and uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> because the less I hear about it, the uh, the better. Until I remember how much um, uh, I think I've got twenty euros tied up in that nonsense, but it's mostly in Roma. Do you know, just going back to the 49ers, I was thinking mm. about this with the, the change of shares. And at some point, I mean, Phil keeps mentioning it, doesn't it, on the, in his articles and stuff like that. He expects it to tip over into majority ownership at some point, be that in the summer or somewhere further down the road. And I realised, you know, nothing stands still in football, but I will kind of miss this current era leads because it's it's done something, it's, it's achieved something, feels quite human. And I imagine if we do go into majority ownership with the 49ers or a complete buyout or something, it might end up being a bit more corporate feeling there's a bit of an unknown about a 49ers buyout as well because it's it's under the the banner of 49ers enterprises but we know that like chad hurley has got a bit of it and ll cool j lowey has got mm. has got some shares and so he's Nick never Swinman. it's never quite sure it's never quite clear who would really be in control if that was mm. to take over or whether or not within that they would it would be bought out by an individual within there or whether it would stay under the under the banner of 49ers and it might even be um, that Radrid Zani stays as chairman because he can be chairman of a with them being majority owners. I don't think it necessarily means he has to step down. And it's interesting to see how it all play out because when he was at that summit last week, I think he got a little bit misquoted because he said certainly by Danny Mills because <laughs> Danny Mills and his usual thick oh you're giving me twenty quid for a clickbait story way was going on. So I don't know why he had to come out and say that he's uh, backing Bielsa. Why did he have to come out and say that? It's because he was at this web summit in Lisbon that he's been booked on for about two years. They've already got, you can register now for next year, where um, Tim Berners-Lee was there, the CTO of Amazon. So there's some pretty big uh, hitters and uh, Louis Saha as well, <laughs> for some reason. It's a real mix. Like There's hundreds of people speaking at this thing. It's a real, uh, it's, it's a media and um, technology and sport thing. So he did like 15 minutes there on his uh, just turning a, like building a, successful Premier League team is kind of the I can't remember exactly what his um, the title of his bit was I'll look it up but yeah he was just doing the usual speech uh, and the usual spiel which didn't really change from what he's always said where it's like yeah we've got a two year project to stay in the Premier League and after that we start challenging from the top six and it all got reported as Radritani says Leeds will be in the top six next season which in what he said, he just said that after this season, we want to start challenging for the top six. And I think the the broadness of wanting to start challenging for the top six is you want to be finishing 10th again and you want to get 8th and build up to it that way. And he's always said after those two years, it's like a three-year thing of like, we've got three years to try and get into Europe. It's the next thing. So it would still feel odd to me for him to be saying that one day and saying, yeah, we've I want to be part of the club with me at the helm, want to be um, going forward and challenging for Europe. And Victor Orta has said in, in this room, in this chair, that the job is to try and get Leeds back into Europe. And that's when he might start thinking of like going, moving back to Spain for them then to just give it all to the 49ers at the end of this season when he's still talking about the plans for next season feels like, I think he may still have a role, basically. Mm. I think I think it's probably more likely tied to like the future ground development. I think we can't take our eyes off that one is that if there's going to be financing coming in for that, at that point, you feel like they're going to want to have a fairly major say in it if they're the ones kind of driving that 
driving the train, baby. Yeah, um, and that's where um, I, will, I don't think uh, Pete Lowey should be discounted as a an outside candidate for chairman or at least more involvement because I think Marathe is quite tied up with the 49ers who ain't having a great season. There's quite a lot of people aren't very Are happy they in danger the of relegation? Um, they ain't winning many games and they're being criticised for not having a deep enough squad. Right. So it's, um, it's, and a, also it's a perfect brand synergies, baby. Being too loyal to their uh, coaching staff. They've given their coaches a really long contract and now everybody's saying, no, you need to get rid of these people. Ah. So it's, it's quite funny that it's quite similar. Um, if you like, if you think those are the good jokes. But um, from what I can gather with Lowey's, he seems a little bit more um, of a loose end. I'm not sure if he's, how involved he is with Westfield. Certainly lives in California. He's he's currently rebuilding his house to be absolutely even more enormous than it already is. So he's, he's pokey before I heard. <laughs> well, yeah, he's just Put bought. In a spare bedroom, uh, he's bought the mansion next door, and it seems like the reason for that is that um, is he going to knock it down? No, he's going to live in it while they knock down the the big house. So um, he's bought, that's wild, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, where are we now? So his, him and his partner, Sandra, who runs a concrete construction company, which is a nice shout back to Ken Bates in the 1960s. Yeah. Um, they paid, uh, so uh, Pete and Sandra paid $25 million for two houses um, a while ago. They've since demolished them both and they're midway through building one house that will cover both lots. And it seems like they've now bought the, the next house over for... <laughs> Seven and a half million dollars. Wow. Which is, it's 2,600 square feet, only three bedrooms. So it's mm. basically, it's like a little. For guests. Maybe. It's a granny, flat, a granny flat at best. They'll probably keep it as a granny flat slash guest house, but at the moment they're going to live in it while these are being built. But. Um, it's where Victor goes when he stays. They want to keep him away from the main house. But it's whether he'll want to uh, Tear, them, tear himself away from that and come and um, I think he will Weatherby. I've been watching um, I've been watching Succession been catching up on that because there's been a lot of hype about it and season three is out at the minute and it deals with the world of, of billionaires I know you two you've not seen it have you yet but can recommend. Well, you're say, I know you two are not billionaires <laughs> can recommend, yes, can you, recommend can it. sorry to break that it's a good one but I feel by proxy I've now become uh, I've, I've got a little understanding of what it's like to be a, a billionaire and live in the rarefied air a little bit mm. and I, I can tell he's going to be bored so he should definitely come. Well, he and is, just spend all his money on Leeds United. Everything about P. Lowey in the best possible way. I mean, it's kind of... He, like, he, might, listen, he might listen to this. Should we give him some advice? It spells boredom because he's got that, his little uh, sideline of going and doing stand-up comedy gigs. And he does, um, he's got like a Spotify channel where he does like a fake radio show. And his Instagram account has like funny videos that he, he makes that feel like they're all kind of to entertain his, I think in the group of, millionaires hanging out in LA where they're paying 25 million pounds for a house he's kind of the the joker in the pack and that's kind of I like role. him already and it spells uh, we like you Pete um, and he seemed like a funny old uh, dude on he turned up on um, what do you call it the awards at the end of the year so he was at the end of the year awards and he did a little bit on the, the thing with those two um, the two kids who were working for Radritzani's YouTube channel that he bought, Whistle FC, and they're the Those two lads My, MySpace lads, yeah, the MySpace lads. The, very, the famous Bebo boys. Yeah. And he was telling, you know, he had all the good stories about listening to Leeds United on the radio in Australia in the 1970s, and that's why he became a fan, and he was wearing a loud suit, and he's a raconteur, and he seemed like he's, uh, yeah, up for it. So he's kind of my uh, outside dark horse for um, coming in and running things while uh, Radrick Zani, if he goes and buys... Palermo or whoever and Jed York is desperately trying to um, keep people happy in San Francisco 49er land he's there to to take over here and, th- you, and um, because he everyone points at his uh, or apart from his stand-up comedy the construction real estate experience with Westfield and that he did a great job in Bradford will be the person big yeah. fucking hole in the city centre for um, years uh, made it look better I think he could so. be the person to be doing the stadium development so if you've, if that is the next big project then stick him in charge for a while and see what damage he can do. Uh, I was going to say, you mentioned this, I think it was in your Leicester report, Moscow, that one thing I like about Leeds at the minute is there seems to be a plan um, mm. and we're sticking to the plan. And it's weird, isn't it? While the rest of the division loses its shit and this is, when we come on to the, you know, the managerial changes that have happened and how many of them have happened going into this international break. And I do take great comfort in the fact that Leeds have just like ridden this one out and I dare say they've felt a little bit of pressure because it's never nice being at the bottom end of the league but 
everyone's just sat tight and trusted the process and expect it to come good. And it feels like bit by bit, point by point, we're clawing ourselves out of it. And uh, I mean, I did say on, did a thing on Radio Leeds where um, yesterday saying while we weren't relegated in the first eight, nine, ten games, we're not yet safe either. But I feel okay about it at the minute. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's all fine, isn't it? And no one actually suggested sacking Bielsa. And I don't think the board probably ever fully discussed it either. There might have been the odd look of them. Look, a look between each other in the director's box at games being like, at what oh, point do we say something? Oh yeah. no, do we have to? Do we have to mention the fact we keep losing? Or, but yeah, there's um, there's faith there, isn't there? I think in the in the systems that Bielsa has put in place, and why shouldn't there be? Because we're going to come on to the managers that have been sacked. But you know, you look at Dean Smith and you think, well, yeah, get rid of him. Yeah. He's not doing anything, is he? Always <laughs> looks like he's sucking a citrus fruit, doesn't he? Like normally lemon or a lime. There's a bit of dignity as well and maybe of trying to do something a bit more intelligent because what what really strikes me about all these managers getting sacked now is it's so obvious mm-hmm. 11 games international break so whether you go for Tottenham Newcastle Villa Norwich their plan they've all essentially got the same plan which is burn down the old plan and hope that we can save it from here whereas Leeds are still just as much at risk because it's you know it's got equal likelihood to go wrong but as saying well 11 games ago we thought the good plan was that Marcelo Bielsa and the squad that we've got will be good enough to keep us up this season 11 games in with this convenient international break do we do what all the other people are going and just go oh no we were completely wrong or do we just go yeah it still seems like a good plan and it's about maybe um what's the phrase dying with your boots on or something of like Believing in what you're doing, even... Dying on your shield, is that the one? Yeah, um, rather than just losing faith in everything But you're still, you're still because... dying in both of those scenarios. Yeah, but, I mean... Can, but, we, can we have a surviving with our boots and shields? But if there's an equal... Um, yeah. If, <laughs> there's a risk in everything, and it's kind of the risk... It's yeah. the same factor with the midfielder debate. There was a risk in signing somebody new that the signing might not turn out, and there's a risk in not signing them because Adam Forshaw could you know, be broken down again tomorrow. Mm. There's risks in both. So it's kind of, um, and there's a risk with this is you stick with Bielsa and it might be fine. You stick with Bielsa, he might be wrong. Daniel Farker might have kept Norwich up. Daniel Farker might have taken them down. But it just seems such a lazy, these are supposed to be intelligent, superb, highly functioning executive level people. The elite in their business. Who can think, strategize beyond anything that we can compute. And they've all basically gone, 11 games in, we haven't won enough games, sack him, let's just get somebody else. And, and it's like, so lazy. And the Spurs example's brilliant for it because they basically had Mourinho who was really negative and played boring football and everyone hated him. And then they've, they tried to ages to get a good manager and instead went, oh God, with the guy from Wolves who used to play the really negative football, we'll get him instead and, and hopefully it'll be different. Even though we didn't really want him. <laughs> Maybe he'll play really good football when he gets to London. He'll be like, oh... This is nice, isn't it? Look at the new stadium. I'm gonna, I'm gonna treat these people to something that the people of the Midlands never had. It is kind of the uh, the Emperor's New Clothes thing about a lot of um, so-called elite football. I mean, when you saw it with the Super League stuff and the way that happened and then broke down immediately, and it was kind of being said around that time, all these people are really bad at running these football clubs, and that's why they needed the European Super League to try and bail them out. And you, you know, they present this image of of capability, but the really when it comes down. It has an outsized position in the media because the Premier League is such a global phenomenon in terms of coverage. But if you compare the size of even Tottenham with Amazon or Facebook or whatever, or even just the company on a... Greg's. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's a great example. A company that you might drive past on an industrial estate next to a motorway that you don't even know what they do is probably a much better run, a more intelligent and more ferocious business industrial entity than these football clubs where they just go oh no we we appear to have um we've signed cristiano ronaldo and we didn't even want him <laughs> and now he's all our money has gone to his wages and the club's broke and we can't sack the manager and the winger we signed can't play anymore because of the other signing we made exactly they're just they're i think it comes down to it and i don't know what the 
legal basis is the order seem like the thick people well, I mean, with a, just, a lot of money to and give a lot you the, power. It is not a bad example, actually, because Greg's turned over. It was like 1.1 billion in 2019, and then it dropped to 800 million in 2020. Obviously, we had the pandemic and all that. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about a billion pound business there, basically. And what's Leeds Knight's turnover? It's about some hundred Some money, millions, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, you know, Greg's wouldn't be hiring and firing the pasty department, head of pasty department, just willy-nilly, mm. would they? That's very true. But, well, it, I it's presume not, that is a your job. It ain't broke, though, Direct, is it? Director of pasties. Tottenham's turnover, 445 million euro. So it's half of Greg's. Mm-hmm. Half of Greg's, probably, yeah. Limit the calories. And I bet Greg's make more money. Anyway, uh, Daniel Farker got sacked, so uh, can we hear him? <laughs> <laughs> Simple as that, is it? Well, no, I was just on... Do um, the voice. Do the voice. But I was going just, just to just to circle back to what you were saying there about like the lack of thought in it. Like, putting Lampard in there. <laughs> what I mean, genuinely, what has he done in his managerial career to date to indicate, because they're going to go down to the championship, let's face it, you know, all the odds suggest they will. What has he done to suggest that he's capable of getting them back out of there next year? He might, but I'd say question marks remain. And God, let's hope that John Terry ends up at Villa or something like that. Yeah, the Lampard thing's weird. I mean, the Farker thing's weird as well, because sack him after our game, sack him after a defeat, sack him after a draw. Don't sack him after a win. Well, it was about the it timing, was just, though, was it? It's the international. Bro. I know, but it's just awkward, isn't it? That he was—he obviously didn't know about it either, because mm. I mean, we'll come on to Warnock, but Warnock knew he was leaving, didn't he? It was kind of a, admittedly, mainly because there were stories in the press about Chris Wilder already taking over, <laughs> but he kind of knew he was going. Whereas Farker was sent out post Brentford and was was all bubbly about it, wasn't he? he? Was thrilled. He was like, I was like, oh yeah, and I think we can really go on from here. The players were all so. What was he saying? He said, "Well, it's a great win. I'm so so pleased to get yeah. the points and." My job is so so much more secure than it was this morning. <laughs> the uh, the picture that was painted of the actual sacking, the report that I read was that they uh, they let all the players leave the changing room and go onto the bus, and it was left with it Stuart Weber, who was the director of football at Norwich, big Leeds fan, so big ups. Just like kept Daniel Farker back in the changing rooms on God, his own. I, think like, I made a joke about Weber, that on the match ball, didn't I? So like, yeah, Daniel's getting making his own way home, but um, that actually happened, did it? Yeah, Stuart, have, kept you, him have in, you brought me a cake? <laughs> And so, yeah, we just we just need you to stay here while all the players get on the bus. And then they went on the bus and broke it to them and kind of got them all to reconvene back at the, um, I think, the training ground. They took them all back there so we could say goodbye to everybody. But yeah, it was right up until the moment that all the players had all got changed, were filtering out to go back on the bus. And the director of football comes in and says, just need a word with you before we leave here, Daniel. Until then, he didn't know he was being sacked. Jeez, and it, it was just one of those things at work when you'd get the Michael. Can you just have um, mm. just have a word? Oh. That, how many times has that happened to you? <laughs> All the time. Just, just it was never for five minutes. It was very rarely good news. Is what I will say. <laughs> can I just have a word with you in this office? Can we not do it out here in front of everybody? Yeah. No, 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 no. Can I have witnesses? <laughs> I don't feel comfortable with this. Yeah, poor Daniel. <laughs> but he's uh, he's now had his say, hasn't he? He the, has uh, uh, the LMA, the League Managers Association. Let's not Chairman forget Chairman Howard Wilkinson. Yeah, yeah so he's uh, he's got a, a stand back, a, a stand up organisation. So can we hear the statement, preferably in full? It's a lot. So we're going to say it's quite a long statement, unfortunately. It's, it's in quite big print. It's not that long. Come on, you can breathe between if you need to. We and by that I mean our coaching staff of Edmund Reimer, Christopher John, Christopher uh, Chris uh, Domogala. I should know his you, name you, better. <laughs> I never knew how to say it. I think I, uh, I think I saw that group exhibition last time I was in Berlin. <laughs> and myself have had a great time at Norwich, which has now come to an end. We leave Norwich with great pride. Having worked with this exceptional club for almost four and a half years it means a lot to us. Our special thanks go to the fans who always supported the team and us making the many great moments at Carroll Road unforgettable. Two promotions to the Premier League will connect us forever. Working with the players was a great pleasure during all, uh, during all that time. And we had great trust in each other. We wish the team all the best and we're confident that there will be success as the team spirit in the dressing room is really second to none. Well recovered. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I just, I'm very emotional reading this. <laughs> My own words. My own words, yes. yes. I forgot what I, I wrote. Uh, football is a short-term business. It's a shit business. And for that... We were quite long-term in Norwich because it was made possible by Delia Smith, Michael Wynne jones and Stuart Weber. Goodbye, Canaries. We'll see you again. <laughs> uh, that's today's episode of Hello, Hello. Uh, <laughs> concluded. Very well done. Goodbye, Canaries. Such a sad ending, isn't it? <laughs> Open the cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. <laughs> now they must fly. <laughs>
Okay. Uh, Dean Smith has gone, as we mentioned. Um, you're right, Dean Smith. What do you think of Dean Smith? Oh, he's an idiot. Nice. I've always never liked him. No. I do. I'd have You've always to... never liked him. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've always hated him. I went for never liked instead. Yeah. Yeah. Same difference. Yeah. I have a, a slight, not sympathy for him, but I think, um, again, when we're talking about strategy, and this was my Leicester match report, I made that kind of the focus of the, the 100 million that they took in for Grealish, and that was their big plan that the, the chief executive came out and said, no, well, we've used a, We've used all the data analysis to uh, to to replace him with these three players, and so we've got a careful, carefully managed it right back to when we put that release clause in his contract. And then what is it now? Like just eleven games in, get rid of Dean Smith. What's what is now the careful strategic plan? And it, yeah, it, it was, feels he was like quite, he was quite circumspect about that, though, wasn't he? It was like you know, it felt like we. Um... We had a long-term plan, but kind of it was taken away we from We didn't realise that dickhead was going yeah. to still be here. So, and I was listening to... Shall I just say, by the way, he has put a statement out as well via the League Managers Association, but there's no need to hear that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, carry on. Sorry, Moscow. Um, it was the Guardian Football Weekly pointing out that John Terry and some of his other coaching staff leaving in the summer is quite an interesting move. Like, why did they go? Did they just not want to be around Dean Smith anymore? And it's, it will be interesting. Like, it would be... Would it be in character for John Terry to suddenly come back after saying that he was got he, he quit this yeah, job? Yeah, you suggested like, he would do the dirty on him to stab a good pal in the back like that. You, well, that's what I mean. It would be so surprising. Mm. Mm. But um, it's anyway. certainly it's there. But I mean, it is weird that if John Terry did end up in there, what are these reputations are being built off him and Lampard. Nothing about them says it's a playing good career. Manager. Playing yeah. career, isn't it? But then uh, I quite like their um, that Hassan Hurtle is in the running as well, having beaten them with Southampton. But if you were him, you'd stay at Southampton. Thomas Frank has been linked as well. I mean, I can't I mean, talk about bloody another objectionable character. I think that's the other thing of like with uh, keeping Bielsa, and this won't be the reason why we're keeping him, but there aren't many good managers no. available, it doesn't seem like. And there are good coaches out there, but most of them are in jobs and most of them in Germany. Um, yeah, well, Pochettino's, Pochettino's obviously going to end up at Leeds when Bielsa goes because mm. he's the natural he's successor. Because he hates PSG. I mean, what, what is there there anyway? He's off the table. But every big club was just Conte, 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 and he's ended up at Spurs. So he's messed up. But you look at Newcastle and the arrogant assumption that their money is going to buy them everything that they possibly need. Is Eddie Howe really is is that the is that the key to? Champions League success. But Eddie, you've got you've got to walk. I mean, they're currently crawling along, and you've got to walk before you can I run. Mean, he failed at Burnley. He doesn't like being in the north, that far north. If you if you can't see, it's away the, from uh, the vineyards. If you can't see a Channel Island, he's um, he's floundering. But it's also <laughs> even just for keeping them up because you know you can dangle all the money you want in front of whatever big name player you want and go. Yeah, it's a relegation battle, and Eddie Howe's in charge. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, what about Warnock? Warnock has, has he got one last challenge in him? Warnock, we, we need to hear from him because he's been replaced by Chris Wilder at Borough. Sounds like, as we were saying, it was kind of cooked up, was that, wasn't it? They, they knew that the end was coming. I think, it, it is a crazy week for all of our championship foes, would you say? All coming together. like It's, it's like a horrible it's dream. It's various bet noirs, isn't it? It is. It's yeah. like a horrible dream of all the last few years in the championship all blending together with bloody Warnock and Wilder and Farker and Dean Smith and... oh. <laughs> I'm just glad that I'm just glad that we're not in that mess. It seems anymore. I mean, his last stand. I mean, apparently he knew he was being sacked beforehand, so went and uh, got the lads to do a great job. But that West, so he was away at West Brom, who had Kyle Bartley came on for them in defence. Robert Snodgrass was in their midfield. I don't know if Alex Mower is injured or suspended. It is, it is a fever dream, isn't it? But he wasn't there. Johnny um, Housen playing. Johnny Housen was uh, booked in the last minute. So Bamber was also playing pelts, um, was in the team for Borough. And when you look through the the details of the game, yeah, uh, we mentioned this in the match ball, that Warnock's last act was getting a yellow card for arguing. Peltier got a yellow card for a foul. Oh, did we mention it on the match ball? Or is this the... Am I, was no, I think, I think you did mention it. The tweet that I did later was out loud. And Johnny Housen got booked for time-wasting in the 89th minute. Then Robbie, Robert Snodgrass got booked for an argument in stoppage time. And that's when Warnock's getting booked for dissent on the bench as Did well. Did Sean Gregan come on at any point? It's just absolutely mad. And you, you can't forget as well that obviously Kevin Blackwell's there, so he's lost his job at the same time. It's just the only one who's missing, I was quite interested, uh, I didn't realise what happened to him, but Adam Clayton was uh, mm. absent. But then, um, I mean, Warnock was never going to allow 
Adam Clayton anywhere near him after that uh, Huddersfield is, but he's just left Birmingham in uh, he doesn't seem to be doing anything anymore. Can we hear from uh, from Colin? Well, I mean, his statement, he's done too many interviews to need an LMA statement, but I assume if he did, he'd just be seething about the backstabbing Chris Wilder. But there was a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I was told this morning that I was leaving the club today and I, uh, I didn't want to let the fans all the players down so I took the game uh, everybody expected us to get beaten because uh, uh, I've been here that long that uh, they just assumed that there's a, there's a borough of rubbish uh, Warnock's borough of rubbish and we're going to uh, just going to get beat but uh, that's, they'd never say that about Jose Mourinho's team you never assumed he'd get beaten but uh, we didn't get beaten I think we uh, we showed them I thought uh, I thought they were super today the players I thought they were super 1-1 one, one draw, yes, by the way. I mean, it's against West Brom. They're yeah, a decent they, side. Yeah, um, <laughs> They're a great bunch of lads, aren't they? He uh, disappointed, obviously, to read speculation about his replacement. Uh, I've, uh, I've heard his name the last uh, two or three weeks. Uh, that's what happens in football. Isn't it? It's not very nice. Certain people at the club, uh, they they know him better than me. And they'll probably support him better than me. Because what uh, Warnock clearly lacked at Middlesbrough is the support to get in Pelts. Big soul, um, whoever else is surrounded himself. I couldn't, uh, you know, I could only get Blackwell here uh, three days a week. I really needed another coach. Jeppo, he had Jeppo there as well, <laughs> didn't he? <laughs> but I mean, I had Jeppo, but I was uh, I was desperate to get just one or two more in in uh, in the transfer window, and we just didn't do it. Uh, yeah, so he's. Uh, I mean, it's, it's nice that he got his, you know, his ten thousandth game in charge or whatever it was. All that happened. The last thing I saw, it was one of the football league podcasts showed up and was like doing a like a celebration of Neil Warnock episodes with him <laughs> him involved as well and then the, yeah the idea pictured them by Neil Warnock two days later I can only it's funny as well that they didn't because uh, the Middlesbrough fans seem quite mild about him going because they appreciate that he basically saved them from what Jonathan Woodgate was doing last year and kept them up and I think they weren't too enthusiastic about it but not too like there wasn't a, a big Warnock out movement but they've not given him that uh, that last game at home when it's final game just this tawdry miserable 1-1 draw in November away at West Brom it's like halfway back to Cornwall as well so I think I can only imagine at the end of the game well, it's went down straight down the M5 and yeah it's like uh, if they just took his uh, his company petrol card off him it's like right drive south we're going back to Borough see you later, see you later <laughs> where's Neil. he going next then because this won't, this won't Villa. be it. Well, he's he's going to be looking bottom end of the championship, isn't he? Just I'm just a uh, Cardiff still looking for a, re- a replacement for Big Mick Mackey. Could go back there. That's true. I mean, Barnsley, have they got a new manager yet? I'm not sure. They have Barnsley's a decent shout, actually. I can I could well see him. I think up there. there's reports they're going abroad though again. So, mm. uh, oh, actually, yeah, yeah I mean got... they've got Moneyball mm. really being involved. I don't think. It's... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you, Paddy Kenny's Pelt. stats. <laughs> Your algorithm's wrong if you don't want pelts. <laughs> Reprogram it. Give me that Excel sheet. I'll, I'll I'll sort it out. You can't do this on a computer. You've just got to you've got to look into his eyes. That's how you understand the player. You've just reminded me actually the the odds for the next Cardiff job, Cardiff manager. Oh, it was absolutely <laughs> chronic, wasn't I've it? I've just yeah, here it is. It's probably changed. This was a screenshot I took of it the other week. Mm. I've got saved. But favourite Jody Morris, wow. four to one. Also on the list, Steve Morrison, Chris Wilder was on there, and Neil Harris. So again, Jeez. if we're talking about championship fever dreams. <laughs> That that little lot, the Jody Morris, Steve Morris, and Neil A- Harris axis. <sighs> yeah, but I don't think they've appointed anyone yet. Steve Morrison is now the favourite. That's just why. That was Michael Mike Flynn. Is he the guy who beat us in, when he was in charge of Newport as well? I can't mm, remember. Maybe. I feel like I feel like bad things have happened with all of the people on that list. Some we say he will never forgive. Are you suggest- we should just never go to Wales again. I mean, I don't mm. even know Anthony Barry or Michael Beale are, but. Bad. Steve Morrison is actually Cardiff's caretaker manager. I know he is. Why? Because <laughs> he's such a he's such an inspirational force, isn't he? He was in charge of the under twenty threes by the looks of it. What a mad world! You see, there's we talk about the generations of fans. And I suppose you get on board at, whenever you get on board. People started following Leeds in the nineteen seventies because we were successful, and you stick with it. And a band, it's only a bandwagon jump until you are uh, still tied to that bandwagon as it's rolling off a cliff, and you've put in the 50 years of whatever everyone's got to start somewhere but it's weird thinking that there must be like a generation of new Leeds fans like on propaganda we had those American Leicester fans you see they won't have known much about the the league one years for whom these names 
probably don't mean anything. Like, why is it a big deal if Steve Morrison is the uh, um, caretaker manager of Cardiff? God, I wish I could swap brains with them. If so he I, does, I didn't have to know. If he does get, in fact, he's already, he'll have already had the call from Warnock, won't he? Telling him yeah. about the the inside oh, track the, on the players. I tell you what, because uh, I, I don't think I should be. Uh, uh, Sharon says I just shouldn't be taking the job. But if you need a if you need a pair of hands, just a little, little bit of advice. Always pick up the phone and card if it's 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 not far from uh, from Cornwall. I used to do 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 it all the time when I was well, there. I used, well, like, and you know, well, I used to do it twice a week. He'll do that, and then Steve Morrison results won't be going the right way. And he'll be unemployed and Warnock will be, well, you know, Steve, he was doing his best, you know, I was trying to help him, but uh, we just thought if we get, if we get Jeppo and me down here and uh, Kevin's going to come in a few days a week, uh, we just might be able to uh, get, get us in the Premier League, just uh, one, one more challenge, you know. Uh, and Steve, lovely lad, they, uh, they're still talking about him, but, uh, uh, Leeds is a, he's a club legend up there. They always say that bloody Warnock signing, but, yeah, they, <laughs> they love it. But it's just not management material for me. I, I did my best for him, but uh, I just in the end I had to tell the chairman to get rid of him because he's. Uh, it's like having a a, a, a a skeleton around the place. He's a frightening head. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say some names to you now. I want you to tell me what their employment status is. You ready? Mm-hmm. Daniel Farker. Unemployed. Steve Bruce. Unemployed. Dean Smith. Unemployed. Who else is there? Have I forgotten anybody? Neil Warnock. Unemployed. Is that everybody? I mean, there are more unemployed people in the world. Yeah, I mean, the ones in football. We're trying to tie this tie this together, Michael. Okay. I'm just going to say, because if you know, maybe they've got issues with their employment status and need some legal advice, do you know they could go to? Tell me. A Leeds law firm who's going to give them 10% off for doing so, because they do do employment law. But they're not biased just towards employees. They also do stuff for business as well. Levi solicitors. 10% off, imagine that. Looking so at your bill and say, oh, we can just knock 10% off that. Do you know why? Because you've gone through us. So if you've recently sacked Daniel Farker or Neil Warnock or Dean Smith or who's the other one? The other one. Bruce. Steve Bruce. Bruce, yeah. And you need some advice on how to uh, avoid... Get the stink out of the building. <laughs> Cancelling their past, that kind of thing. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. We don't really know what employment law is, do we? Yeah, not really. They do, though, and that's the important bit. <laughs> Getting the stink out of the <laughs> A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. <laughs> Just put Steve's carpet straight in the incinerator. <laughs> they won't burn, they're too moist. Great bunch of lads, The Athletic, and they support us on the podcast. This podcast is brought to you with them. We do a show with them called The Phil Hay Show. Have you heard of that guy? Scotsman? Writes about Leeds? No? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, we're doing a show with him tomorrow, so you best familiarise <laughs> yourself with him. And we're going to be chatting about uh, Adam Forshaw and the share exchange and all that and get Phil's insight on on all that business. Um, he's written about Forshaw this week too, so um, check that out on The Athletic if you want to sign up with our discount. 50% off the price of an annual sub. It is theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. We're doing heroes and villains now then in this part of the show. The Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award first, please. Nominations uh, sent to us by our TSB Plus subscribers uh, via the feedback on the website. Nominations, please. Hit me, as they say. The Schmeichel family. Let's start on some some proper scum. Mm-hmm. Him and his dad, as the song goes. Mm-hmm. 
just cause, really. I don't think he did anything particularly wrong. I tell you what he did wrong. He did that good save early doors. That annoyed me. Mm, a bit dramatic, that one, though, mm. I thought. For the cameras, we think. Yeah. Yeah, it was classic Schmeichel, that. Mel- it was deflected as well. It was- Melier would have caught it. Mm. Yeah. None of this fancy tipping it over business. I think Melier would have caught that with one hand. He would. Not two hands. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and he was uh, called an arrogant man by Ben on the feedback. Emma, son of scum. Yeah, we hear you. I think that's all accurate. I'm sure he's probably fine in, in real life. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think he's... Because he... Um, it's not only... as Dave Garl's article in the mag pointed out, it's not only the, the interviews he's done about his time at Leeds, but people have tried to kind of get him just to talk about having his famous dad and he's walked out of interviews and been a right moody get. And it's kind of the only reason. I mean, it's not the only reason he's a successful goalkeeper is his dad, but there's a big contribution there that he's had the environment from the day he was born of goalkeeping, I think probably helped him. So to say that, oh, no, who my dad is is completely irrelevant is um, well, it's, it's nonsense. Not, it? Yeah. No, that's not true. Uh, the ref has got a number of nominations. Um, Moggy, Sazzy, Aidan Paul, Pete, Toby, Toby Larone, uh, I like that name, uh, Adrian, Alistair, Keith Ingham, and Pecan as well. Um, for, uh, obviously, Mystic Moggy at the top there, the bastard referee, obviously. Yeah, didn't like the ref. It was the ref. It was Darren England who has... Um, what are his crimes against us? Well... And or humanity. Not paying attention. That was what Angus Kinnear said about him after a Millwall game in the championship. Which he, one? What did he do there? Was that the... He wasn't uh, paying attention. <laughs> was it the red card? I think it's... The Barardi red card? I can't remember the full details, but I do remember him failing to give a uh, corner. It's the one... I've got the uh, Leeds Live right up on it. It's the one where we were 2-0 down and came back to win 3-2. Right. Pablo and, Pablo and all the that. The Pablo it, game, yeah. yeah. And then I'm having to scroll past a lot of website nonsense to find out what the rest of it was. And Angus Kinnear said the only negative, negative from that match was the standard of EFL officiating. That, uh, some of the decisions against Millwall forced us to add simply not paying attention to our list of concerns about the referee. So um, I'm confident, said Angus Kinnear, that Leeds United provide the most comprehensive post-match feedback of any championship club. A report on the Millwall game highlighted 17 separate decisions that we felt were worthy of review. And to the credit of the assessors, they will review them. Um, and I... Uh, Great to see that it's been promoted then. Uh, and I imagine Darren England remembers that incident very fondly. Really loves that there was the uh, 17 incidents that he had to... Uh, <laughs> Uh, be reviewed by the board and was called out in uh, Angus Kinnear's programme notes and that every time he comes to Elland Road it's not uh, an excuse. With an open mind and an open heart. Exactly, yeah. Very mm-hmm. even-handed in all respects. To be fair to him, I'm amazed we got away with what Liam Cooper did to uh, Vardy. Vardy with his, um, when he gave him the ball and then fucking... Killed him. Body slammed him. <laughs> Absolutely wrecked him. I don't know if it's... Because uh, it was kind of balanced out then. I really liked bit of an under-the-radar moment, but then Tielemans and Melier ended up on the floor kind of tangled like this. And there was a nice moment where that can turn aggressive and people start like scrambling around and it turns into a big schmuzzle. Whereas they just kind of looks at each other and Melier was just like, look, I've got a hand on the ball, so if you do anything, it's going to be something. Tielemans was like, yeah, let's just... It's like, it was like a game at the end of a game of Twister, wasn't it? They were yeah. politely withdrawing a, back from the red spot on the yellow circle. There seems to be a tacit agreement that whatever Melier did to kind of extricate his arms and legs from Tillemans' body, Tillemans wasn't going to be then like, oh, you've let the ball go, I'm going to score. So they kind of, they, they kept it quite cool. And like, I liked that. And I don't know if that distracted everybody from the fact that <laughs> the Bartley's <laughs> like, tattered corpse lying in a heap on the floor where uh, old, uh, the Cooperthon had left him. Just want to re- uh, raise a point of order, by the way. This, with this, obviously the villain of the week award. Mm. We tend to get Leeds players nominated in this for villainy by our listeners. I feel like we need to create like a little a subcategory, if that's all right. Maybe we're mildly disappointed in you because I don't ever want to make like, for example, Jackie Harrison out of form. Gary and your friendly West Stand steward, Gouldie Jelly, all nominating Jackie for for villainy. But I, I can't give villainy to Jackie for just being a bit out of form. How would you feel if Kiko Casilla was to return in January? Would he? Which category would he mm. fall into? I think you've got to you've got to keep it open. You can you've got, to, you've got to let him see it. You've got to let him see the <laughs> see the proper the proper um, stick, not carrot. Yeah, you you can't be just saying, oh well, that but that's not for you. 
Yeah. We're not having two two tiers of punishment here. Yeah. It is all about the contributing to the ongoing misery of being a Leeds United fan. And that's why for years, I think probably we were referring in the other episode to people like Steve Morrison and um, uh, Luke Farney, now retired, thankfully. I don't think a week went by when we weren't nominating them, our own players for villains. And those days could return. I agree. It's a little unfair to call Jackie Harris now in particular. Um, Dan James as well, Andrew and Ryan Oddie both yeah. pick out Dan James. And obviously Liam Cooper's got in there uh, with Johnny Fair, says uh, for doing very Cooperish things, which seems sort of damning somebody for being who they are. If uh, <laughs> if that's who Liam Cooper wants to be, I think we should respect that. But um, uh, yeah, we can, we can mention them and uh, in passing as having disappointed us and always keep that, the floor open for the the days when we'll, we may have a Michael Brown. Yeah, I mean, but this is more for, for the petty grievances. I want to give a perfect example here. The nomination we got from Andrew Larkin, who picks out Jamie Vardy, just doesn't like his face. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which goes back to, you know, we did the um, the episodes, the Hollywood Ball, and we spoke to Jess Barden, local actor, Leeds fan, family of Leeds fans. On that, she said she didn't like Jamie Vardy. Yeah, I, I sort of like Jamie Vardy in a way, just because he is such a prick. I'm, yeah. I kind of quite admire him for it. Yeah. Yeah. Is it right that he played for Bradford Park Avenue at some point? He was at Halifax Town. I know yeah. that. Cause I remember my mate who watches him used to say, oh, he's really good. You should yeah. sign him. He'd do all right for you. I think we might have been in League One at the no, time. Don't be daft. And he was like, oh, he'd do all right for you. Honestly, he's really good. Yeah. Turned out he was, was right. He was right, yeah. That part of his story is uh, does fill you with some kind of joy that he came up from non-league and turned into what he is. And I also like the fact he stuck with Leicester instead of going to Arsenal. Although, if it had been a slightly better club, I wonder if he would have been there. The well, same, but there was... Um, Definitely the Ben White should have there. had the same level of sense, shouldn't he? Mm. Um, but I do, I agree. I don't like his face. On a similar, well, on a similar tip, James Madison is being ink shamed by Baz. Says nobody really stood out as being truly offensive from Leicester, but Madison's neck tattoo is annoying. So I'll go with the Hamburglar. Is that who he wants to nominate? Has the, the Hamburglar got a neck tattoo? I was confused. Or did he mean that James Madison's tattoo is of the Hamburglar, which is a quite a niche? I tried finding this. I, I I couldn't even work it out. He didn't I think seem he's, to have, he's suggesting the Hamburglar should be the villain of the. He didn't seem league. to have a neck tattoo on pictures I could find. He's got. I think he's got a name written like on the back of his neck. Uh-huh. But you know, what, he's not, the word up with an he's arrow. He's not. He's not a man who should have a neck tattoo anyway. He's a nice boy. Is James Madison? You think it should be for um, career criminals? <laughs> <laughs> this is when I get a load of neck tattoo people messaging in going, "I've got a neck tattoo." <laughs> I'm only messing. And you're a career criminal. That's what Michael's saying. He's making that <laughs> if you can, abundantly clear. If you can get podcast in prison, I hope you're enjoying this one. <laughs> nice, just, hello Kitty. That's the mark of a a, a true menace to what, society. Is it a Hello we're, Kitty we're, neck tattoo? <laughs> neck tattoo? Yeah. Hello Kitty pointing to a, a jagged line on the neck cut here. Something <laughs> like that. Beckford had a neck tattoo, didn't he? Yeah. And Do you like him? Nice He's never Loved been him. in trouble. Is in he a life. career criminal? No. Are you going to say that on record? Are you going to make that very I'm clear? I'm going to make that very clear. He did some. He was a career footballer and a career windscreen. I was uh, going to say repair. And... Did the windscreen repairs? That was it. Uh, the East Stand got picked out by Woodhouse White for going too easy on Casper. By the way, when we're picking people to. Are you in the? Were you in the East Stand? Oh, very much. I I didn't go easy on Casper. I, I sang songs about him under my breath. <laughs> oh, well, that's well. That's not good enough. Mm-hmm. That's, you need to bellow loud and proud. He won't hear you whispering into what? the face of a, a crying six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, join in. I don't know. I don't know what it means, though. You don't need to. Just sing it. <laughs> That's how you get into swearing at football, isn't it? Exactly. Just say the words you hear around you. Absolutely. I've said before, like my little lad, um, Sam, will not. Uh, he won't swear. By and large, he's, he's very good with his language. We get the occasional crap out of him, but he was doing the ah, you shit bastard when I took him to Ellen Road. So that's good. So um, I feel like I've won there. Did you notice when um, Lester tried doing that and everybody laughed at them? Yeah, that was quite nice. Yeah, it was nice because they it? were doing it to uh, Aaron Ramsdale last week and even he made fun of them for it so I think Leslie just needs to just stop people are just Aaron Ramsdale you. though good example of how to deal with it yeah Schmeichel bad example they're doing this they shouldn't be doing it Aaron Ramsdale in that game I, I started to wonder if he was like having the feeling the closest feeling that a Premier League footballer can have to being on drugs because it seemed like he was having the game of his life already and then he starts doing all that with the crowd and I don't know how Far he was going with this kind of um, best day ever stuff. If it would like, if somebody would, uh, you know, when they throw a water bottle on a drink space, it smashes it into his head and starts screaming or something. He was very, uh, he was very hyper. Let's pick on Harvey Barnes for being good. Well, yeah, and that was a, a really annoying. Can't be scoring goals like that. Not a little bit, ch- a little bit unfair, really. Says, says George. Not after 
jilting us as well. He jilted mm. Victor Orta. It was a phone. It was Victor a phone, doesn't he? He'd be, he he'd, does owe Victor a phone. He'd been to Thorpe Arch and yep. had a look around and all that. And Said then, he was coming. And pissed off to West Brom, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Little. Ghosted Leeds. Yeah. And that's not uh, not good. I've forgotten about the phone detail. Victor Orta so angry that he threw one of his 20 mobile phones at the wall. That's a sign of a career criminal. I mean, you're picking on nat tattoos. What about somebody who's got burner like phone, six, yeah. six burner phones? You, know, you never you, say anything about Victor Orta, do you? Well... But he did. In the, Somebody's uh, got six phones, it's someone you mess with. He's at the top. In the um, the interview that's in our summer special, which is still available to buy from our website, he talks about how Gabby Ruiz, who is the head scout at Leeds United now in Europe and effectively works for Victor Orta, him and his uh, brothers in the 90s, they made the Spanish version of Championship Manager. They brought it so that they saw that and, and brought the game across and, and did all that. And Victor Orta, in his youth, him and his friends, they went to the kiosk where it was on sale and they distracted the shopkeeper. And one of them got the box under the coat, run off, stole it, and then started pirating copies and uh, selling them around the, their little estate. And while you're looking surprised, you read this. I hope you've actually read our Summer read Special. It. No, I'm reading that. You're not reading the, uh, the Square Ball magazine. If it takes longer than 30 seconds to read, not interested. Blah, well, it does blah, because it's blah. a very uh, fascinating, in-depth interview that is well worth the, uh, the small price to pay for the... It, w- uh, it was very good, but... A uh, magazine that's full don't, of I don't absolutely like giving you, fantastic... I don't well, like giving you credit. No, it's not my credit. It's a group contribution because that uh, magazine is full of fantastic writing and art by lots of brilliant but contributors. Who wrote, but who wrote the bit that you yourself are praising? Well, no, I'm just I'm not praising it. I'm describing it as relevant oh, okay. to the Victor Orta discussion, um, and how we can establish that he is a criminal. Moscow, <laughs> you're you're a villain anyway. And, and um, the, for, while we're on Barnes, by the way, Philip oh. did nominate the parents of Harvey Barnes, but he's he's actually wrong to because do you know how Barnes' dad is? John he Barnes, is Paul Barnes, Paul Barnes, who played for York City, who scored twice at Old Trafford in mm. what I remember being a ah, really a really yeah. funny. Um, it was a League, League, Cup, League Cup defeat yeah. where York City went to Old Trafford and won 3-0 and it was Harvey Barnes' dad scored twice in that. So that's mm. how fucking old So why has he gone wrong there? He's gone, he's, gone, <laughs> <laughs> he's, gone, he's gone wrong, hasn't he? Anyway, I was going to say, Moscow, you got a nomination from Ding saying... Oh, uh, I always get a nomination. Well, you got, you got silly. You got carried out, uh, carried away on the match ball and said we were too mm. good to go down and, and Ding simply wants to know Jesus, why or why? Because we are. Okay, fine. Mm. Simple as. Okay. Um... There is a nomination. It's quite a niche one, though. I feel self-indulgent, but me and Michael got nominated for blathering on about what uh, Jack describes as this silly kids game. We're talking about football. Uh, whereas he wants to know more about your Saturday night activities, uh, what comes after you've listened to Boney M, which will be relevant to you if you've heard the extra ball Q and A that we did, um, where Moscow established he dances shirtless around his yeah. um, flat fist, fist pumping to Boney M to Ra Ra Rasputin. Yeah, was on. I, the thing is, after we we talked about that and. I, we did that recording on the way home. I listened to it in the car. It's a great and I, oh, yeah, I got it. And there's a good bit. Here's a good build up. Yeah, the, it, it's. Uh, I think we said on the Expo, you've got to get the album version and listen to um, the segue from Night Flight to Venus all the way through where the drums starting, and then it's the moment when the the bass drops in. But to answer the question specifically, um, nothing because it blew my speakers. <laughs> so that was pretty much. Um, I think yeah, things continue to be played, but I can't remember the details. And yeah, that that stereo then. It was a sharp That's stereo, cool. though. We should say that, a scum stereo. Sharp. It was a scum yes. stereo. Um, I've still got it, but I need new speakers. Dean Smith it. and John Terry get nominations, just wrapping up all the other ones now. Um, Rich has picked them out for uh, moaning about fair play, as they did with the whole Bielsa thing, uh, and didn't even have the decency to stick around. And then chair, men, women, people uh, have all been picked out. An assortment of those by Ad Sham, Mike, Lorne, um, Andrew, and Scott, Scotty T, uh, just for, well, for losing the shit, as we were mm. talking about. Um, they've, they've killed a lot of our podcast content by... Uh, getting rid of Colin and Farker. That's what they think. But Warnock <laughs> left Leeds how many years ago? Still going. And you know, the point is, Daniel Farker's going to have more time on his hands to do stuff now. So I think we could maybe draft him in on a short-term mm. contract. Mm. I mean, we can hope he gets another job in England. We will follow him to the Swiss Super League. The <laughs> Challenge say, League, even. When we're having to try and scrape around the German second division for, for news of him, it might be a little bit tough. Right then, come on, let's pick a villain. Is it Barnes? He's, he feels a bit... No, we can't no. give it to Barnes when there's... He scored against us, didn't the, he? When there's Schmeichel on this list, you it think? seems. Plus, Schmeichel will be annoyed. Well, Schmeichel's biggest yeah. crime was just being sung at, really. Yeah, wasn't it? Oh, it spat as well, didn't he, actually? It'd annoy him, though, would this? Mm. You think so? They're I'm, still at it. It's still not fair. I'm yeah. tempted with Barnes out of, kind of, um, to avenge Victor Orta's pain, but 
I just hate Casper Schmeichel. <laughs> <laughs> we had to praise him over summer, didn't we? Because around the Christian Eriksen thing, yeah. he, he did quite well in that. And he, he short memories though. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. And even at Leeds, he's, he's probably, he could be fine. He could be a nice person. He just always seems to refuse. <laughs> Fair enough. If he changed his personality, he could be a nice person. Well, his personality is probably all right. It's just that thing I mentioned where he's like, he, he gets all spiky and all like, won't talk about his dad in interviews, make a big deal out of it and stuff. Just roll with it. Just, you know, just, mm. it's if it, I mean, not if a big it, deal. If he refused to talk about his dad on the basis that he's a scum bastard and made that clear, then that'd be fine. All his, I'll talk about him at Manchester City and nothing else. <laughs> and he had, you know, he's he's done some nice things in his in his time and, you know, but been very successful at Leicester, but just don't. I don't feel like he uh, he's nice enough. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Congratulations, Casper. Enjoy your award. Time for the Gitano Baradi Hero of the Week awards, which again we we often look at weight of nominations. I mean, mm. I'm not going to list all the names of the people who've nominated for sure, but it's everyone. It is. I suspect the most nominations we've ever had. For, yeah. If you didn't for nominate for sure, I'd like to know why not. Someone because everybody did. did. I, d- I didn't put them on the villain list because it was it was too complicated. <laughs> but they, someone wanted to nominate anyone who didn't nominate. For sure, as the hero, as the villains. Yeah, it's getting into inception level shit. Yeah, that, isn't it? yeah well, yeah. and that's exactly where I've taken this to. So, <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone did nominate him. Yeah, and Philip just, I think, sums it up. Philip, who is now less worried, he says in brackets, can't see much past For sure. What a return! It was, it was a great return, wasn't it? And Emma saying as well, you know, you'd have to have a heart of stone not to give it to him because yeah. Alistair, everything, Alistair, everything he's gone through. Well, yeah, Alistair didn't put a foot wrong and to play that well after so long out, like a new signing. Hmm. Uh, but it was it was great, wasn't it? Yeah, he was. He was brilliant, and I feel like we've kind of gone from not really appreciating him when he was in our team the first time around to having now he's got a nice story of uh, he's got a redemption story. Everyone's now like, oh yeah, Adam Forshaw, we always loved him. <laughs> he's he, he, not the person we wanted kicking out for Jamie Shackleton. If you remember when he first turned up in the the heckin' bottom transfer mm. window, wasn't it? He immediately raised the standard. He looked great at the start and then um, under Bielsa Bielsa's immediately come in and said he's the best player that's here but he's never really injuries have robbed him of that consistent run under Bielsa the start of the promotion season he was a big part of things and looking really good and um, it would have been interesting to see what things would have been like if he'd played the whole season and got promoted to the Premier League and this question of this surprise that he's you know looking so good in the Premier League might not be such a big deal if we'd played all the the way through. So it would be nice, and it's not only it's not about really proving anybody wrong or you know his redemption story or rapids on his tweets or signing midfielder or not. It would be nice, given Bielsa rates him so highly and given that he is so capable, to see him play the rest of the season and maybe even more if that could be possible for Bielsa and just see what it's like because it could be really good. And leaving all the emotion out of it, it would be nice to see just how good a footballer he can be because, you know, Click and Dallas and Cooper and Ailing have all had their careers really raised by what Bielsa has done. And Bielsa picked him first and he's never really had the opportunity to reap the benefits of being raised up. So first name on the team sheet from now until his hip breaks again. Oh, don't say that, because Jack has picked out Rob Price. He says uh, Rob Price is the nomination for uh, for Hero of the Week, and whoever donated their hip willingly, I'm mm. sure, to Forshaw. Just further on that point, Tom says, well done to Rob Price. The Beast and Butcher took a bit of time, but the rebuild he's done on Forshaw is akin to that of Alex Murphy. That's AKA Robocop, one for the kids. There have been, there's been a remake of Robocop more recently. Wouldn't necessarily advise kids watching it, though. That is a, a fair point. It's quite grown up in some areas. Is it? I've not seen it. I mean, he's just, essentially he's just a he's a bag of lungs inside a titanium exoskeleton. So if that's what Adam Forshaw is now. Then I'm happy to <laughs> happy to embrace him. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, there, there has yeah. been a more recent Robocop. That was my my main point. And was Rob Price involved? <sighs> Didn't see the credits. To be honest, did not see the credits. Um, maybe he's an advisor on the movie. I mean, I think it's fair to say that Forshaw will win this because. It was his week, wasn't it? But let's have a look at some of the other nominations, particularly the Leedsy ones. Uh, Rodrigo looked far more assured. Another good performance. Strout no, as well. Be, can you be a hero for looking assured? Because um, even just looking assured, could you be just hiding well, panic? Well, we said again, talking about the subset of awards, this is the capped off because you did a... Okay. You, you were good. We acknowledge yeah, you. It's a, you're on the long list, aren't you? Yeah. 
probably you just like you've got we, an, want, you've we got, want to acknowledge that it's a, you know you've got, an invi- you've got an invite to the awards you're not going to win just mm. be happy to be there you, you have a nice day out a nice night out a nice dinner you didn't suck thank you if you did nominate us by the way for the um, oh, yeah. FSA awards we are shortlisted for fanzine we're not going to win unfortunately because this is not a public vote is it no we we won the podcast one last year because that was a public vote mm. and Leeds fans are insane yeah so and, and like, when we won the uh, I think we won the fans when, when that, the fanzine was done on public vote some years back wasn't it 2014 I'm going to say and we won that by about 10 votes to one didn't we for everybody else that we got 10 <laughs> yeah. times the votes that everybody else got because Leeds fans are insane we yeah. did it it was two years running they did it on a public vote and the first year we didn't bother because we thought it was unfair and in the end it just became you know it was just a popularity contest and uh not to demean against modern football because they stand against modern football. They won it that year, but they were the national fan scene with the biggest biggest readership. And Chester City, who turned up, who sold like, like 200 copies of every game, we saw them and they were just like, yeah, we didn't have a chance. And we kind of said, like, do you want to do this as a public vote? Is that going to work? And they put in as a public vote again next year. So mm-hmm. we went, right, well, Let's just we'll, win it then. we'll bloody win it then. So um, <laughs> To prove you... How to how stupid this is. We're going to win this by a daft distance. And they, uh, Probably a good job we're not up for the uh, podcast award this year because we're now criticising the awards. We're desperate. Oh no, no, it was you know not criticism. We're trying to help because yeah. it's a it's a proper uh, it's a proper awards do. That's it? not to do down the brilliant design and writing that's in the magazine as well because it is great. But um, yeah, but we won something last year and you don't win. You don't. You uh, don't tend to win. To spread the love. Two years in a row. Ah, well. Yeah. We're talking too much, aren't we? Yeah. We've, um, we've <laughs> too got, many secrets. We've got a sidetrack. Yeah, Rafinha got a nomination. Uh, Strauch got nominations. Uh, who else have we got? Urente. The disallowed goal got nominated. Urente deserves a mention, does he? Mm. He was really good. And apart, so from Cooper. The, apart from the mad bits. Yeah, I mean, what did Vardy do in that game that they didn't let him yeah. do? That's the thing. Is or He didn't create anything and Leicester didn't create anything. And that was mentioned in, uh, I can't remember his coverage, but the... the the uh, Foreshaw's performance, Tielemans, Indeedy, and the other fella whose name escaped Sumari. Sumari, good players, and he was very good against them. And Vardy is a very good striker. And even when they brought Madison on, I know we let Harvey Barnes score that one goal, but they didn't do anything to us defensively. So you've got to credit the defenders. And I like that they try to keep it interesting. Mm. VAR's got a nomination by Matt, but I'm loath to even acknowledge VAR. I know I know, this is going against what I said on the match ball, that I really like that moment, but it'll come back and bite us on the arse before this season's out. So. Well, we can put it on record now because we do, we roll with the punches. Matt says, quite simply, a great bunch of lads. They're not. We'll say that for now, and then next week, Oh, we try to do a rever- reverse Kinnear here, where well, we, we say, say nice different. things about them and they do nice things. The offside... When it's like when it is a, a one like this, where there's now a fair bit of distance, there's at least like a foot of offsideness in this realm, yeah. and it's from a, and it is from a foot. It's not from a an elbow or something that we ha- we had to put up with last year. I can kind of tolerate VAR. It's when it becomes the more subjective ones, whether or not it should be a red card or whether or not you think it's a, there's enough contact for a penalty. Mm-hmm. So that they're the ones where I if feel you you see proper inconsistencies there. Whereas we can draw a line. You go look. That's the he scored a goal with his foot. His foot is there. It's kind of fair enough. It's the difference between an offside yes-no decision and everything that ever happens to Dan James. Mm. <laughs> Those are like the two categories of VAR that are quite distinct. Uh, Sazzy wants to give a mention to the fans as well for the singing. Yep, fair, po- fair point. And we're behind the Casper songs, welcoming him back to Ellen Road. Yeah, that's been pretty good this season, hasn't it? Yeah, mm. it's, it's felt like we've we've enjoyed like it's like an ongoing moment almost. Given that the, the team isn't hasn't been playing great and the results aren't haven't been there, and we're you know, bottom of the table. But it happened again, you know. It happened again, like after Leicester equalised, there was a like a period of silence where we all kind of sulked a bit about having our, you know... And all that. Well, like, like the, you know, the outpouring and like Rafinha with his shirt, you know, paying tribute to the... Was it a singer who, who passed away? Yes, it's uh, Maria Mendoza, I think she's called. Mendonca it was. Mendonca, of yeah, course. Yeah, because I was uh, thinking of Clive Mendonca. Clive Mendonca's daughter, yeah. Yeah, um, but we had all that nice moment, the outpouring of emotion, and then 60 seconds later, it was like completely usurped by that. <laughs> Bastard, <laughs> smacking it in the top corner. Do you think Melier should have got a hand stack? He pulled his hand no, away, didn't he? No, no it was right. It was like yeah, it's I think Moscow described it as a postage stamp. Yeah, you stop the player there and go. Where can I put this ball where it will not be saved? And it is, it is just there. Yeah, everywhere else he gives Melier a chance. But fair enough. But yeah, there was that was that lull. There was that kind of just a real silence fell over Ellen Rob. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's happened, has it? <laughs> 
But then second half came around. And I remember, you know, that the, the We Are the Champions, Champions of Europe, the WACO started about 55 minutes this time. And it didn't necessarily go around the full stadium, but it just did that thing again of just lifting everybody. And I think... The start of the second half was great on the pitch as well, which helped, I think, because we, yeah. we came out and we absolutely battered him for like 15 minutes mm. without scoring. But it's still... It gets, it gets all the crowd going. And I think there's a difference now as well in the Elmer crowd in that everyone wants to be there. Whereas yeah. for, for a great number of years... <laughs> Even the season ticket holders were a bit like, oh, do I have to? <laughs> this again. Well, I will say this. One thing I've noticed, um, a good litmus test on this, is the East stand, because you get a lot of noise from the, the wedge, South stand, obviously, because they're near the away fans, Cop as well. The East stand started singing a lot more this season. I mean, obviously got work to do with the West stand, but um, it's getting there. It's because you get Rafinha in front of you, not Megan people. This is true, yeah. But here's the, the volume level has, has noticeably gone up in the East stand, which is great. Uh, right, go on then. Let's They've always it. just seemed a bit shy of the stand, I think. They don't want to be heard hmm. too much, but they want to, they don't mind joining in, is what I've worked because I used yeah. to be in there for years. Yeah, that's it was like once, once the cop really got going, they were like, oh, I'm going to stop miming now. I'll actually do a bit of singing. It was always a bit like that. Once, once it looks like so much fun that you can't resist joining <laughs> in, that's when you'll get something out the the stand. It's, a, it's quite a high bar, but yeah, it seems much more... I don't know if it's a response to everybody being shut out for so long that we couldn't be there last season. I think so. And also an interesting sort of examination of how online and offline feelings translate because they don't really necessarily marry up. I mean, everyone's got those anxieties and you hear sometimes you hear the shouts and the worry and the panic or you get that sense of that little general bubbling under of tension. But it always, inside the ground, it always manifests itself in singing and supporting them. The thing is, online, people on Twitter are just, it's it's conversations that would have been had elsewhere before which would have been oh I think Wilco's buddy lost mm. it here I'm really yeah. worried about you but know Gary it's, it's McAllister expressing, in central midfield expressing those fears but then you get in the ground and you like you don't you don't kind of go oh I'm I'm not sure Gordon Strachan's in great form at the minute you just go oh let's just make some noise for a bit yeah. <laughs> see <laughs> what happens the first post loser <laughs> <laughs> it's Adam Forshaw's your hero of the week isn't he he is he is yes. congratulations to Forshaw there and hopefully Fingers crossed he can... Uh, is he too late for an England call-up? He can stay in there. Never too late for an England call-up. No, I, mean I mean for this one. Anybody gets in there, don't they? Well, uh, if Calvin Phillips has to pull out injured, then... Uh, he's the ready-made replacement, isn't he? Um, congratulations to Forshaw. No, but it has been brilliant. I mean, quite sincerely, as we're saying on, uh, over the, like on the match ball and stuff, and even on a human level, good to have him back. Um, and hopefully he can stay in there and we can march on to Europe. For our <laughs> Forshaw. It's still, I mean, Anchored still mythic. there to be done. We yeah. can still win the league. What did... Uh, Liverpool lost to West Ham, didn't they? So mm. it's on. Great yeah. stuff. It's there to be won. Uh, check out TSB Plus if you're not yet subscribed. We really appreciate your support. And we will uh, we'll catch you next time after the international break. See you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.